Hunter Biden and, and Joe Biden. I haven't talked about them because I'm still Joe, waiting for the evidence, vows revenge. which we still haven't seen. This is the damage report. Trump announces his plans for revenge against Biden for indictments. Comer's talking about it. Uh, to go after the most study and projection. in the history of the United States of America, Joe Biden, and the entire Biden crime family, name a special prosecutor. So, he's going to do a special prosecutor, they're going to get Biden once Biden's not president anymore, and the crowd goes wild. Lock him up, lock him up. I only Those are paid. Both to remind you of sort of the stakes of Donald Trump becoming president uh, for Biden. I don't particularly care about that too much, but this is a guy who definitely believes that government can and should be weaponized against your political opponents. He is saying, I'm going to go after my political opponents once they're not president anymore, and the crowd loves it, which is a reminder that... They do not actually think that it is illegitimate to investigate former presidents. In fact, they're very enthusiastic fans of the idea, so it's weird that they're so frustrated with what's going on right now. Anyway, he's promising revenge, JR. He's promising it's, it. He doesn't it's keep almost like, I think this one might. Yeah, it's almost like logic doesn't uh, apply here. It's been their main defense. It's like the weaponization of our country. They had hearings on it, bro. They had congressional hearings about the weaponization of the justice system in our country to come after certain political figures only. And they, the, the lock, her, him, it up chat has been going on for years. That's the main vein of everything they've ever talked about. If we can't lock them up, let's go attack them. If we can't attack them, let's send someone else to attack them. It's all violence, aggression, and coming for someone. And then finally, when there's evidence behind something, potentially for one person, being this one, it's look at what's going on with our justice system. This isn't America. We're a third world country. What kind of president and former president wants to go after political opponents solely based on the fact that they're political opponents? Yo, check out these investigations to Hunter Biden and, and Joe Biden. I haven't talked about them because I'm still waiting for the evidence, which we still haven't seen. Comer's talking about it. Uh, um, the, the old old man. Um, I'm blanking on his name. They're all coming up with these empty uh, expressions of how they found all this dirt on Joe Biden. Videotapes, audio tapes, everything is popping up. We don't really see it. Maybe it's legitimate. We don't know yet. This is the basis for their investigations. That's why nothing has come up yet. And one more time, if Joe Biden, Hillary Clinton, Barack Obama, Bill Clinton, anybody else you want to name that you hate has broken laws, I'm not sacrificing myself or giving them a bunch of money because I supported their policies before. But for some reason, you will. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, good. Joe, Joe Biden's not my grandpa. I don't If he did it, if he, if he did it and it's on tape or whatever, then let's see that. Um, anyway, we haven't yet. Uh, that said, the uh, vows of revenge were not just about investigating uh, Joe Biden. Um, he has a more immediate target in mind. Take a look at this. He's a raging and uncontrolled Trump hater, as is his wife, who also happened to be the producer of that Michelle... Obama puff piece, at least total puff piece. This is the guy I've got. That is Donald Trump attacking Jack Smith, the special counsel who is investigating him or was investigating him. Uh, Donald Trump was apparently warned by uh, allies, by aides, to not publicly attack Jack Smith, that it would not help him and, in fact, could hurt him and clearly he decided to go in a different direction. That was not the most vicious attack that he's made against Jack Smith. He's called him a psycho and a bunch of other stuff. Um, but once again, he did focus his attention just as much on the family of Jack Smith as on him, because Jack Smith's wife made a documentary or something. Again, 
if he appoints a special counsel to investigate Biden in a few years, and that person made a documentary about, like, you know, about how often, how often. Personal attacks on. After he attacked the judge's daughter, the judge told him not he wasn't going to do that in his court. Right. And it was. I have a feeling they're going to be perfectly fine with it. So again, this is not a principle that the crowd is expressing. They just don't like this particular guy because he's investigating Donald Trump. But the idea of publicly attacking All those this people guy, are putting so much focus on the family. Check it out. He pays them $150 a day. It was exposed. People are being paid. $150 a day. It's on Craigslist. And offers people $150 a day. Those are paid actors. Ten. Ten to his rallies.
members when he knows the content of his audience. Not great. I don't like it. I'll remind you um, that in social media posts, public remarks, close allies of Trump, including a member of Congress, we've talked about Andy Biggs, have portrayed the indictment as an act of war, called for retribution, and highlighted the fact that much of his base carries weapons. That Lake right there. More and experts on treatment. political violence warn that attacks against people or institutions become more likely, in fact, when elected officials or prominent media figures are able to issue threats or calls for violence with impunity, which is the state, the st that's the status quo. That's where we're at right now. You can make these threats, specific ones, violent ones, and nothing will happen to you. And that's the prominent people. They're not the ones, of course, who are going to do the attacking. They're just hoping to gin up the, the randos to do it. And those randos are getting ready. On far-right websites, people share tactics and techniques for attacking the building uh, that they had this uh, the arraignment. Discussed building, building gallows, trapping lawmakers in tunnels. On Instagram, Kimberly Guilfoyle posted a photo of Trump with the words, retribution is coming. Um, Pete Santilli, by the way, who has a talk show, he declared that if he were the commandant of the Marine Corps, he just narrowly missed it too, I bet. Uh, he would order every single Marine assigned to the Marine Corps barracks to grab President Biden, throw him in zip ties in the back of a pickup truck and get him out of the White House. There he is specifically going out of his way to use the same sort of uh, like binding technique that the people who tried to overthrow the U.S. government on January 6th did. It's not a coincidence. Um, one of his guests said that if it were legal and he had access, he would probably walk in and shoot General Mark Milley. Hmm. So they're just openly fantasizing about who they would illegally lock up and who they would murder. And that's perfectly cool. There's no problem with that, JR. Why he said is there if no he was problem legal with that? Access, he'd walk in and shoot him. So what would make it legal to walk in and shoot someone? What circumstance would it be legal to walk in and shoot someone? And again, as Kimberly Guilford also posted, vengeance or, or uh, retribution. It's just revenge. So what part of this judicial system that they want to defund because of this normal process uh, would then result in vengeance? That's third world country type of stuff. The same stuff they keep talking about is happening. And look, our country's in decline, uh, want to be dictator. All these things that they're pushing and going through all this process for, it's 100% what they're calling for. And I still don't know how the folks who are following it don't see exactly what they're doing and is what they're a part of. I, I, I don't know, man. Yeah, no, I mean, look, it's, it's and again, they're not going to do it. Like, that dude, if he, if he walked in and a general gave him a stern look, he'd pee his pants. But he is hoping to inspire others to, to more violent action. Check out the Dan Schwartz podcast each day, wherever you get your podcasts, whether Pocket Cast or Stitcher or iTunes. You can join me as I give you the news and stories you want. For the Two hours ago, MAGA gets uncovered as Trump cult loses it amid federal indictment. Thanks for 170K, by the way. Oh, shit. It's fucking Anthony Davis. Shit. Never mind. New Democratic star destroyed GOP stunts and tells us how. You know, and all we want to do is go back to Trump. I mean, every hearing is like, ah, just, just go back to what Trump did. You know, the loser of the 2020 election, the loser of the Georgia Senate races, the loser of the 2018 midterms. 
By the way, just to jog your memory, the Trump administration finalized more federal rules in the last year of its administration than any other final year of any presidency in American history. More than Obama. I know it's inconvenient timing, but perhaps we actually need more regulation with presidents taking nuclear codes and cuddling with them and showering with them in their homes. <laughs> that was Democratic Congress member Jared Moskowitz from Florida's 23rd Congressional District, and I'm Ben Micellis from the Midas Touch Network, and joining it? us today here on the Midas Touch Network is Congress member Jared Moskowitz. No shit. Welcome to the Midas Touch Network. All right. No, thanks. Thanks for having me. I love this guy. So what hearing did the MAGA Republicans hold today where you were speaking? Was this a gas stove conspiracy legislation? Was this more pistol braces for AR-15 public <laughs> urination in D.C.? Tell us about it. <laughs> no, they, they already did two weeks of gas stoves, uh, so they feel like they, they, they got their fill on that. No, we've, we moved on to government red tape, and, and see, that's the whole problem, right? We, we could have a real discussion about government red tape and, and executive branch rulemaking, but instead the title of the hearing was the Biden administration campaign to bury America in red tape, like as if Joe Biden himself invented red tape. I mean, that, and that's the problem. The hearings aren't serious. They're off, off Broadway, uh, and and they're there to perform. And so I, I just want to point out the ridiculousness of what they're doing. And so we featured a lot of your videos, a lot of videos of you at these hearings here on the Midas Touch Network. Can you talk to us about your approach to these hearings, uh, the questions and commentary that you give, and you know, always with an eye towards exposing the hypocrisy at each of these hearings. Yeah, I mean, listen, obviously there's, I don't know, 20 of us, 20 Democrats, you know, on, on the committee, and, and everyone has different approaches and different methods. And so one of the ways that I thought I could, you know, get people to pay attention to the ridiculousness is to try to make it entertaining. And the one thing that, unfortunately, the Republicans do better than us is they've made politics entertaining. By the way, not, not in a good way, Okay. But they've made it entertaining, and so what I'm trying to do is trying to take a little bit of that with facts uh, and, and poke holes in the ridiculousness of their argument. I mean, we're, this is Congress, right? This is not community theater. And so, you know, I, I think American people, independents, Democrats, Republicans, want us up here to pass laws and to advance the American agenda. Sure, we're going to have disagreements, but, but I don't really think that, they, that they've sent us up here uh, because they want Hollywood for ugly people. I mean, I, I really think they send us up here to, to, to do good for the American people. So that's what I'm doing. I mean, look, we've seen, you know, you, you, watch, you watch nighttime TV, uh, you watch, you know, Colbert or, or you know, Jon Stewart. They, they've taken politics, they've made it entertaining, and I think that, that's successful getting your message across. And speaking of facts and breaking news today, uh, economists are saying, U.S. will avoid a recession. Inflation is expected to continue to drop. It's expected to drop to even 3.1 percent. But what it always feels like, at least to me when I'm covering these hearings and what these MAGA Republicans are doing, it seems that they not only have been rooting for a recession and bad things to happen to our country, but they have actually been trying to implement policies that affirmatively cause harm. I mean, you're, you're in the mix there with these MAGA Republicans. I mean, do you observe that taking place? Look, what I observe 
taking place with most of them is it's a show, right? When the cameras are on, you know, or they're doing a podcast, right? They're they're pitching, they're selling all the time. They got that from Trump. They learned that from 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 the former president. And then when the cameras are off, you know, they're you know slightly normal, which I know some of your viewers just regurgitated and swallowed it but it's, it's really true that what you what is beamed into people's brain every day is 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 just a show in order to you know get get their voters foaming out the mouth as if someone is going to come to their door and knock on it and ask for their gas stove or you know you can eat chick-fil-a you can't eat chick-fil-a you can shop a target you can't shop a target i mean i, I can't keep up with you know, MAGA Republicans. I mean, give them credit for their stamina. I mean, they, uh -huh. they like are they're spinning themselves in circles, trying to figure out what what they're for, what they're against. I mean, it's it's really kind of it really kind of crazy town and amazing on on what they're doing. They hijacked the party from their own party. Right, the House came to a standstill last week. They took the power away from the Speaker to pass their rules. I mean, we are we are really in uncharted territory. They've filed articles of impeachment. I think of everyone who works in the Biden administration, even you know some of their spouses. Even I mean, it, there'll be no one left, by the way, to run the country based on how many articles of impeachment uh, uh, they they have filed. But I think we have to, rather than ignoring them and pretending like it's ridiculous, we have to combat it with facts and figures. Uh, and we, we have to, we, we don't, we shouldn't come at it from an intellectual standpoint. We should come at it like I'm trying to do from a humorous standpoint, because I just think it really pokes holes and really shows how ridiculous, uh, they're being. You know, one of the things that Congress member, uh, Eric Swalwell told us on the show was he'd be at a hearing and one of these MAGA Republicans would say the most awful and heinous and despicable things about him. And then they would, you know, leave the hearing after the cameras were off. And he said, you know, like I'd be in the bathroom and someone with one of the exact people who were saying all these hateful things would say, hey, you know, I think you did a really good job out there. And Congressman Swalwell was like, are you kidding me? Like, you just, like, said all these hateful things. Do you see that performative stuff happening all the time? I mean, you, you said that you think that when the cameras are off, some of these people are slightly normal. And you're right, our viewers will be like, what? How is that possible? But can explain a little bit more what that means when the cameras are off? Do these people just put the act down and act fairly like normal? Hey, what's up? Nice, nice <laughs> shoes, Congressman. Well, look, they, yeah, I mean, so the answer is, you know, yeah, a lot of them when the cameras are off, right, and they, they're, they're, no one's paying attention, right? They are, I should say, more normal, uh, and, and they cut the act out, and and that's. That's part of what's going on in Congress now, is that, you know, this has become so performative in order to get on Fox or to get on Newsmax or to get on OWN, right? It, it's about, it's about comms. I mean, 90% of what we do in Congress now is comms. It's messaging, right? And it's combating, it's combating the ridiculous things that are coming, coming out of Congress. Again, not one hearing on school safety, right, in the six months we've been here. But we had countless hearings on gas stoves. I mean, look, I, I went around my entire district, okay? And by the way, I, I represent affluent areas in my district. They have really nice gas stoves, Vikings up there, okay? <laughs> Not a single one of them has called me or emailed me about their gas stove. But I do hear that they're worried about their kids in school, right? And, and that really shows the Republican 
priority is that they want to spend time scaring scaring the American people. And that's what it is. They're constantly creating a boogeyman, right? It's all about the government's coming for you. They're going to take away your rights. We're losing the country. It's all about scaring and distracting. See, one of Trump's tactics is he knows what his weakness is. And in order to try to weaken that argument against him, he then attacks his opponent for that same weakness. And the Republicans have adopted that tactic. I'll give you an example, right? These confidential boxes, right? The confidential documents. Trump's in trouble because he took them knowingly. They were serious national security secrets. Okay, not nuclear codes, Iranian data, battle plans. Okay, and then he refused to give them back for a long period of time. Pence and Biden, you know, un unknowingly took documents, and when they needed the documents back, they were allowed in the House, and they came and took the documents, no problem. But, hey, it, it, in order to, to weaken the case against Trump in the public <laughs> sphere, we got to muddy the waters uh, uh, with Biden uh, and with Pence. Hunter Biden's laptop. I, I mean, this whole Hunter Biden's laptop thing. That's all about trying to distract from Donald Trump's legal problems. I mean, think about what they're trying to convince the American people. Every day, they go on TV and they talk about he's sleepy, he's old, he's boring, he's, you know, he, he's not steady on his feet. Now he's Tony Soprano. <laughs> I, I mean, he's the head of the Biden crime family. Listen, love Joe Biden. He's been, he's been a public servant his entire life. He has seen, you know, loss in his life more than any parent should ever have to deal with, okay? But they're trying to take one of the most boring families in America and turn them into the Sopranos. By the way, if they're able to succeed on that, I mean, then anything is possible in this country. I mean, it's just lunacy. Now, okay, you know, we have this 1023 form that, you know, the, the FBI is talking about. And obviously I can't go into the details because unlike the Republicans who pledge not to talk about confidential information and go talk about it, I actually won't, okay? But, you know, they're now trying to say, well, by the way, we have audio tapes. Form shows audio tapes. By, by the way, this form... Sensitive material. It's filled out, okay, uh, now three years ago. It's about a conversation that happened seven years ago in Russian, okay, double hearsay. <laughs> like, you can't make this stuff up, but now there's 17 audio tapes. And, you know, Chuck Grassley, who's still using his BlackBerry, 
even though they turned the service off. Okay, he. This is the guy. Okay, he was going to tell us they got 17 audio tapes. Like, what is he? I mean, it just come on. I, I mean, and so, but 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 Democrats. Trista for Perez. Have to do is we have to recognize that's the game, right? And we have to play it, right? If we come to it with this intellectual, you know, kind of response, they're just going to run over us. We, we have to realize that this is serious, this is silly, and we got to point it out to the American people. Let's talk about democratic priorities. Let's say 2024, Democrats are able to take over uh, the House of Representatives. Um, what would we expect a, a democratic-controlled House of Representatives to look like? What would be the priorities there, as opposed to gas stove legislation, more pistol braces, uh, Dr. Seuss hearings, and Mr. Potato Head? What, what, what would Democrats focus on? Well, I mean, listen, like you said, the, the economy is getting better every day, and the economy is good. Unemployment is low, inflation is coming down, the stock market is doing better. These are... Things that you should talk about, right? Because, you know, as they're trying to distract, which is what I just explained before, it's all about distracting from good news by scaring people, right? Don't, it's like Wizard of Oz, pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. Don't look at the good economy. We're coming for your gas stove. And so he should talk about, uh, he should talk about the economy, talk about how he's improved that. 
he should talk about the infrastructure bill because by that time we're going to start to see it actually in motion. Uh, he should talk about the fact that unfortunately right for the first time in american history we're seeing our colleagues across the aisle roll back constitutional rights six-week abortion bans right what do we think they're just going to stop there right no they're going to come for other rights that american citizens have because republicans are no longer for small government that's you know that's a thing that they still talk about they're for less regulation they're for smaller government they're for less spending no not sure right unless there's a democrat in the white house which all of a sudden that's when they find their moral compass no they're for more spending they're for more government government in the libraries government in corporations government in the marketplace government in the bedroom government at disney world that's a new one um and, and so you know, this is this is what they're pitching. And Joe Biden not doesn't, needs to say two things. He needs to say what he's for, okay, which is, you know, making sure we have a good economy, making sure that we have a strong military, that we support what's happening in Ukraine to make sure that Russia doesn't continue to advance, that we obviously look at China because they're going to be significant competition. we got to figure out how to bring jobs back to this country. we got to figure out how to make sure that we have a supply chain that works and we're not just dependent on foreign nations during a, 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 a national uh, a national emergency, we got to talk about obviously bringing down the cost of home ownership in this country. We got to talk about making sure we have a good quality education, and most importantly for me, which is why I've done it in every single solitary hearing when they go and do stupid things, is we got to make sure that we're talking to parents about how we're going to keep their kids safe. They talk about crime; they're trying to weaponize crime, 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 crime. By the way, breaking news to my Republican colleagues, mass murder is crime. And yet they don't want to do anything about that. Mass shootings are crime. Don't want to do anything about anything to do that. And so the idea that we can't deliver a promise to parents <coughs> that when they drop their kid off in the morning, they get to pick them up. The fact that we can't deliver on their promise, that, that's a failure on us. It's a failure on Congress. It's a failure on elected officials. It's a failure on governors and state legislatures. Uh, everywhere. I By the way, here's what I wrote. Okay, a few questions for the Democratic Star. Why don't y'all call for mass extortion of all the GOP terrorists who took part in January 6th insurrection? Why don't you call the Yank perjury trader green security clearance for divulging sensitive material as well as participating in January 6th? Why don't you call to disqualify Trump from future public office based on 14th Amendment? In fact, why don't you call to disqualify all the GOP traitors who took part in the January 6th insurrection? Christopher Perez. And also, don't you think it would be so much easier to build the country back if these GOP traitors were not still in Congress? Even Politics School agrees with me. They should not have been sworn in in the first place. Shame on Speaker Pelosi for always tabling impeachment. And the real Democrats' response to J6. She tabled that as well. Yeah, fucking Pelosi. 
She tabled Bush's uh, impeachment too. Fucking cunt. <laughs> but uh, until until she did that, I was like her. I was a huge fan. Yeah. She started the Progressive Caucus. Trump gets devastating order from another federal court. Uh, you know, he's got a lot of shit going on right now. Ha ha. Folks, the hits just keep coming in. At the same time, Donald Trump was being arraigned on the 38-count federal criminal indictment ah! voted on by the grand jury in ah! uh, Florida, brought by special counsel Jack Smith, another federal court issued a devastating ruling against Yay, Donald another Trump. Devastating so ruling. Think about it like this. Donald Great. Trump is in the federal courthouse in the He's Southern in the District of Florida, Miami shit. Division. Federal he shit waves house. the reading of uh, the criminal indictment. He pleads not guilty. He's got this weird small crowd outside. Uh, and at that same moment, federal judge Lewis Kaplan uh, for the Southern District of New York, so the Southern District of Florida, and federal judge Lewis Kaplan in the Southern District of New York then granted, basically at the same time, E. Jean Carroll's motion to amend her other defamation lawsuit against Donald Trump uh, to add additional factual allegations based on the defamatory statements Donald Trump made after the jury reached the verdict in the other E. Jean Carroll case for $5 million. E. Jean Carroll was seeking to amend the complaint in the other lawsuit that was pending in federal court against Donald Trump to increase the damages, now asking for at least $10 million in damages because of everything that went on during the other trial that was established and uh, the factual findings and uh, that was made by the federal jury in that case that E. Jean Carroll prevailed on. And then all the defamatory statements Donald Trump made after he lost that trial, like the defamatory statements he made during that so-called CNN town hall or whatever that was, where he made the exact same statements that just a day before the jury ruled was defamatory and ordered Donald Trump to pay $5 million to E. Jean Carroll. And just so you're not confused about all these different cases, just remember that in the summer of 2019, when E. Jean Carroll released her book, Donald Trump, while he was still in office, made defamatory statements about E. Jean Carroll. Um, he made them during a press conference and another uh, situation where he was physically like located in the White House or using at least the symbols or, or being done it. Um, while he was in, in office. Um, so Donald Trump makes defamatory statements then. Uh, e. Jean Carroll in 2019, a few months later, she files a defamation action against him. That's called the E. Jean Carroll one case where he um, claimed that she's a liar and said that she's making this all up and said a bunch of other horrific things about her. She files that first in state court. Um, as discovery is about to take place in New York uh, State Court in Manhattan, uh, Bill Barr has the United States government substitute in place of Donald Trump, so the case becomes E. Jean Carroll versus the United States. There's this whole body of law under an act called the Westfall Act, which is a federal law, which the substitution of the United States was 
done other done under and the question is was Donald Trump a federal employee at the time and was he acting in the course and scope of his employment the federal judge Lewis Kaplan made a ruling that Trump was not a federal employee it was not happening in the course and scope of his employment Donald Trump then appealed that to the Second Circuit Court of Appeals Second Circuit Court of Appeal, which oversees the federal district court in New York where uh, Judge Lewis Kaplan sits, ruled Trump was a federal employee under the definition of the Westfall Act, but whether it was within his course and scope of employment, that question was deferred. District Court, uh, the Second Circuit, then transferred that question or certified the question as it's called to the Washington, D.C. Court of Appeal, which is the district's top court for uh, course and scope analysis. And the top court in Washington, D.C. said it's a fact-based question. They wanted to send that back to the district court, Judge Lewis Kaplan. Ultimately, a jury will be the one who decides on the factual issues where the district court of appeals said we're not answering that. It's a question for the jury, and it's too premature for us to even uh, answer that question. So a long way of saying there was a lot of appeals process taking place on each e. Carroll one based on the machinations of Bill Barr. But ultimately, that course is now on track to go to a jury. But what happened while that case was with the Washington, D.C. Court of Appeal as it was about to be sent back to um, the federal court in New York, or kind of uh, about a year before then, nine months or so before then, Donald Trump, when he's not in office, makes the exact same defamatory statements against E. Jean Carroll on his social media platform in October of 2022. He says the same things that he was trying to seek immunity for because of this Westfall Act immunity, saying that it was in the course and scope of his employment. And now he made it when he was not in office, so clearly that conduct was not subject to the Westfall Act. It's not subject to uh, any immunity. Um, and in addition, New York passed a law called the Adult Survivors Act, where victims of sexual assault whose statute of limitations expired would have a one-year look-back period from the date the law was passed. I think the law went into effect uh, in the state of New York when I think on or around November of, of 2022 um, that you can now bring uh, sexual assault claims where the statute of limitations passed. So E. Jean Carroll filed E. Jean Carroll 2, which were under the Adult Survivors Act and Donald Trump's October 22nd defamatory conduct. Those claims went before the jury um, a few months back, and that's where the jury found in favor of E. Jean Carroll. But E. Jean Carroll 1 has not been tried yet. That case still exists. That case is still out there. And so E. Jean Carroll's lawyers made a brilliant technical move here, which is rather than bringing a whole new case, which could be E. Jean Carroll 3, which I suppose they could still even potentially bring, they were like, well, that's just going to take a really long time. We still have E. Jean Carroll 1 right now, which has not gone before a jury. And based on the jury verdict in E. Jean Carroll 2, there's already factual findings made by the jury. Factual finding number one, Donald Trump engaged in a sexual assault. Um, factual finding number two, Donald Trump defamed E. Jean Carroll. So you take both of those factual findings that were made by the jury in E. Jean Carroll 2, and you transpose those in E. Jean Carroll 1, and you basically say to the judge, look, judge, the jury made these decisions, now find in our favor, 
for this amount of money. Oh, and by the way, Donald Trump engaged in the conduct again. We're going to amend the case one, E. Jean Carroll one, to include all of the new things that Donald Trump said. So now the uh, amount of damages in E. Jean Carroll one, especially the punitive damages, go from a smaller amount to they're seeking at least $10 million against Donald Trump right now. And probably by the time this case develops a little more, E.G. Carroll won, I bet you they ask for even multiple. They may ask for 30, 40, 50, 100 million dollars. But the first threshold thing, again, we have to explain all of these different things so you get it. Um, the, the first threshold question, though, is could E. Jean Carroll amend the first E. Jean Carroll case? Um, and that requires leave to amend, permission from the judge. So a few weeks back, E. Jean Carroll asked for permission, Donald Trump opposed it, and bam! Right during the arraignment of Donald Trump on Tuesday, what happens? Judge Lewis Kaplan grants the right to amend. Here's the order right here. District Judge Lewis Kaplan, the plaintiff's motion for leave to amend, E. Jean Carroll's motion for leave to amend is granted. A memorandum opinion may follow. The amended complaint is deemed served and filed today. And again, that amended complaint has all of the new allegations based on the defamatory statements Donald Trump has made in the so-called town hall and the other posts that he made after he lost the trial in E. Jean Carroll too. So she gets to file, E. Jean Carroll file that amended complaint now seeking tens of millions of dollars in damages too. Defendant has requested, Trump's request, that the court, sh should the court deny plaintiff's motion to demand, grant defendant permission to file a supplemental motion for summary judgment. As the court has granted plaintiff's motion, the request is moot. In other words, denied, we are granting leave to amend, so what you're requesting, Trump, we don't even have to address. And finally, number three, the United States government concedes that subsequent events have, quote, overtaken both the government's 2020 certification that the defendant acted within the scope of his employment in making his allegedly defamatory statements, and two, the government's 2020 motion to substitute the United States for the defendant in this case under the Westfall Act. It nevertheless has requested time following determination of the motion for leave to amend for the government to determine its present position on the scope of employment question. In all of the circumstances, any further submission by the United States, including any new or amended certification and or motion to substitute and or the defendant with respect to substitution of the United States for the defendant, shall be served and filed no later than July 13, 2023. Any response by plaintiff shall be served and filed no later than July 27, 2023. Any replies by the United States and or the defendant shall be served and filed no later than August 3rd, 2023. See, simple and very self-explanatory right there. I know, I'm, I'm joking. It might sound like it's another language there, what the judge is saying. But what the court is basically saying is, back in 2020, Bill Barr, when he was the Attorney General, took the position that uh, the United States had the right to substitute in for Donald Trump under the Westfall Act because Bill Barr argued that it was in the course and scope of employment and Donald Trump was a federal employee. Now, based on all the new facts that have been developed, 
like the evidence that has been shown to the jury in E. Jean Carroll 2 about Donald Trump's conduct and his motivations, the fact that there is now a finding that Donald Trump engaged in the sexual assault, the underlying uh, claim for which Donald Trump then thereafter defamed E. Jean Carroll. With all of these new developments, Merrick Garland's DOJ wrote to the court and say, our position may be different now than what it was under Bill Barr based on these new facts. And while the Department of Justice's job, it's an executive branch entity, would normally be to protect not just current holders of the office of presidency, but even those in the past, Donald Trump presents a unique circumstance where we may not be able to do that based on the new allegations. So in other words, the Department of Justice is saying, in the first instance, we may no longer, we need to assess, but we may no longer even take the position that the United States government has the ability to substitute it. Now, when they make that determination to substitute it, if they make that determination, it's still reviewable by the court. It's not like the court automatically accepts it, right? If the court automatically accepted it, when Bill Barr did it back in 2020, the case would have been dismissed right away. The district court rejected it. The court of appeals partially overturned the district court had this whole complicated appeals process, but here it is today. That case, E.G. Carroll won now, is ready to go before the jury. So uh -huh. the court's just basically saying, here, United States government, give us your latest understanding of the facts now that E.G. Carroll has amended her complaint to add these additional facts of what went down in the E. Jean Carroll 2 trial, what the jury found, what we now know about Donald Trump's motivations, the fact that Donald, there's a judicial finding by a court that Donald Trump engaged in the underlying battery of E. Jean Carroll. Let us know what you think, DOJ. So we'll keep you up to date when we know what the DOJ's response is there. I think the DOJ is not going to be supportive of the idea that they should substitute it. And I think they're going to say, you are on your own. And by the way, it seems like the hint here, and again, this is why I like to geek out on these opinions. I like to look out the subtle language by the judge. Look at what Judge Lewis Kaplan says here. The United States concedes that subsequent events have overtaken the government's 2020 certification. So what it sounds like Judge Lewis Kaplan is saying here is that you're right in conceding that. Good for you for doing that. That's how I read that statement, but we'll see. So again, more devastating news by a federal court in the Southern District of New York while Donald Trump is in the Southern District of Florida, Miami division being criminally arraigned. I'm Ben Micellis from the Midas Touch Network. Hit subscribe. We're on our way to 1.5 million subscribers thanks to your incredible support. Check us out at patreon.com slash Midas Touch. Wherever audio podcasts are available, search Midas Touch Podcast as well. And have an incredible day. Hit subscribe right now. At Midas Touch, we are unapologetically pro-democracy, and we demand justice and accountability. That's why we're spreading our message to Convict 45. That's right. Gear up right now with your Convict 45 tees and pins at store.midastouch.com. That's store.midastouch.com. I don't normally recommend buying merch, but that is one that I would. But I would love to...
This is the most important government job on the planet. We're about to turn over the conservative movement to a person that has no ideas of any substance on the important issues. The nuclear codes of the United States to an erratic individual. What was the damage? Was this stolen and sold to the Iranians, sold to the Saudis, you know, given over to the Russians? That allegation's not made in that indictment. No one's made that allegation. So at the end of the day, we have to weigh the damage of the indictment versus the damage of the allegations is so, proven so, true. And it's just not even a fair way. Senator Marco no, Rubio's evolution on Donald Trump's access to and handling of classified documents. Yeah, I, yeah, I agree. It's not even a close call. Uh, you weigh whether uh, you believe, as the 11th Circuit said, and the, the foundational principle of this country that no man is above the law, and you balance that uh, against whatever Marco was saying, we should balance it against. And that's right. But you know, Willie, I just, I just, you will notice, you will notice oh, all of the noise out there, all the ground noise. Nobody is saying he is innocent. Nobody is saying he did not commit the crimes that will put him in jail for over a hundred years if, if convicted on all things. I can't think of one person who said this man did not do it. So what they say is, what about Hillary? I mean, but they had a long time to we do got that. A, we got a smart lawyer. Yeah, we have. Should we I'm, just, I'm just a simple, no, okay. I'm just a simple country lawyer. Right, I don't really know the way. way you do things sequentially or whatever, but I will tell you this, Willie. What's so fascinating is they don't say he's innocent. No. They all basically say he's guilty. Don't let it on Hillary, right? Yep. Two tiers of justice, right? Mm. First of all, yes, the Obama administration under James Comey twice closed the case. That's Obama. What about Donald Trump? What about Donald Trump's Justice Department? It's not like they weren't talking about it. They were talking about convicting or, 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 or bringing charges against Hillary, a special counsel against Hillary. In 2016, while he was running, he talked about it, said after he got elected, now. 2017, he brought it up again. They came to the conclusion, no, you can't. In 2018, brought it up again. There's not a case there. Time and time again, they looked into it. It wasn't like Donald Trump said, oh, you know what? I'm going to be cool now that I'm in the White House. He raged on in 2017. He raged on in 2018. They looked at it. His legal counsel said, there's nothing there. So when these people say two tiers of justice, and you're going after Donald Trump, they need to turn the mirror back on themselves because it was the Trump DOJ that said no charges should be brought against Hillary for the same reason that, that Comey said at the end. In Comey's exact words, no reasonable prosecutor would ever bring charges 
with the facts of this case. Yeah, and the three-year Justice Department investigation into Hillary Clinton's email server, which concluded in 2019, found, quote, no deliberate mishandling of classified information, nothing systemic. Was she subpoenaed, and did she scurry away with her server running into the woods with it? Uh, Was she subpoenaed? She testified. Yeah, she actually gave information. um, And to your point, the president, President Trump, asked Barr to look into this. So it's not right. even just say it's Comey. Um, right. This is Comey and Barr. Mm-hmm. So you know that if there was anything there that led was sort of intentional, she would have been charged. Was, and, and, and by the way, there was also another attorney general at the time, mm. a fella uh, named Jeff Sessions from Alabama. Oh, yeah. right. He wasn't going to cut sure, Hillary Clinton with Hillary. any yes. slack. And they concluded, they concluded, the IG... Uh, there was evidence, uh, if anything, there was evidence of a conscious effort to avoid sending classified information by writing around the most sensitive material. This is what the inspector general said. As then FBI director James Comey put it, no reasonable prosecutor would bring such a case. And looking back at our investigation, the mishandling or removal of classified information, we cannot find a case that would support bringing criminal charges on these facts. This is against Hillary. Then Trump's people came in. Sessions was the attorney general. Trump raged. Indict her. Bring a special counsel. Lock her up. Lock her up. They were told again, no, there's nothing there, Mr. President. There's nothing there. He talked to his White House counsel, Don McGahn. Said, there's not a crime there. Why do I bring all this up? Because there's a big, big, giant, white shark. Great white. A legal great white circling Donald Trump and now the entire Republican Party. And if this is all they have, they're going to need a bigger boat because this is not going to do it. Here's the additional thing. I ask everyone around the table at the peak of the right wing anti Hillary crusade around the emails. Right. Can anybody here uh, specify, remember what it was that the most dramatic piece of, of classified material that she was supposed to have mishandled was. Nope, nobody can. Because it was all about the By the way, they can't even, they remember they were trying to figure out, wait, is that C? What does that stand for? Right. They couldn't even figure out. They get the classified markings wrong. Yes, and so you have Trump always talking about the volume. There's 30,000 emails that we can't account for. But there was no, there was never anything where even in their fever, the fever swamps, they never said anything like, hey, you know what Hillary did, which up in Chappaqua, she shared with somebody the American plan for an invasion of Iraq. Our, our like, nuclear secrets. Our nuclear secrets. Our, like, yeah. It's just the, even, even in their in their most crazed conspiracy theorists, conspiracy adult minds, uh, they couldn't come up with anything like what has been detailed, anything close, anything in the same universe, let alone zip code, of what's detailed in this indictment. And so, you know, if you put the whole, <laughs> just have to put the whole put aside, of course, the Republican arguments about it are ridiculous. And I will say, consistent. When he was when he was uh, impeached the first time, they said the same thing, which was no one defended him yeah. in the first impeachment. No one defended him in the second impeachment. No one has defended him in any time he's been hauled in they, front of any kind of judicial proceeding. Everybody just plays they the game of distraction. Distraction. They know he's guilty as charged. Why are we starting the show this way? Well, first of all, because uh, you know I'm For the a non-linear hours all we've heard about. type of guy. But this actually blows up. This blows up. 
every argument that little Marco and everybody else puts out there and completely TV hosts blow, and, and TV hosts blows it out of the water because when they say unequal application of justice, they're attacking Donald Trump Just do your and his DOJ and Jeff Sessions and Barr. The reason Speaker McCarthy, when asked again yesterday, jumps from what do you make of the indictment to Hillary Clinton bleached her email server back in the day is because the step in between there would be to defend what Donald Trump did. And it's indefensible. It's impossible. Right? It's just indefensible. So when you see those photographs, when you see all the charges that are made in that document, there's no way to go out and say, well, I think we can say that maybe there's a way out of this for him. Marco Rubio, by the way, who's now shrugging at, at all of this and saying, yeah, what are you going to do? It wasn't so bad. He's the ranking member of the Intelligence Committee in right. the Senate. He's the leading Republican on intelligence. Oh does he God. really believe this isn't a big deal? And, and if so he does, we have to look into that. Yeah, we, you know, we, we, we got problems. We got real problems with people who are supposed to be protecting America's secrets, where they say they don't give a damn about America's secrets in so many words, that they care about a failed reality TV show host and a cult leader more than they actually care about security. And George Conway, let me bring him in right here. George, this is a crazy thing. Marco Rubio, when he was running the Intel Department, I mean, when he was running the Intel Committee, the Senate Intel Committee, he and the other Republicans who were in the majority said Donald Trump's 2016 campaign caused a direct counterintelligence threat to the national security, a grave threat to the national security of the United States of America. Now Marco's going, what? What? I don't, uh, I don't I see nothing. This, I mean, he's a clown now. He's turned himself into a gun. From Donald Trump saying we can't trust him with nuclear codes, that's 2016, little Marco, to saying Donald Trump caused a grave counterintelligence threat to America's national security, to now, what? See no evil, hear no evil, do no evil. <laughs> No, it's absolutely ridiculous, and it, and it makes no sense in particular because this unequal, unequal justice argument elides the fact that Trump wasn't charged with simply having these materials. He wasn't charged with simply taking them out of the White House. He was charged with doing all the things that, you know, leaving apart the differences between the kind of information that was in Hillary's emails and the kind of information that was in Trump's boxes. He, he, they, they simply, Trump was engaged in obstruction in a way that, that Hillary did not. And it's just a, it's just a huge difference. And, and, and among many others. And, and the fact that, that Rubio can say these things just shows that he is completely unprincipled and shameless and getting worse, if yeah. anything. Well, well, Andrew, before we let you go, because you've been here, I think, for 72 straight hours, we're just yeah. wheeling you around to different sets. Um, <laughs> the IV, yeah, we get it, Andrews. Where does this where does this go now? Okay, Donald Trump has been arraigned. Here we are. We know who the judge is. It's Judge Cannon. What do the next few months look like? Well, I think all eyes actually should be on the January 6th case. Uh, I think that's, you know, people are going to be looking at Bonnie Willis, the Georgia January 6th case, and Jack Smith's January 6th case. Um, so, you know, Bonnie Willis is imposed, just a self-imposed deadline of sometime August. in August yeah. that she will make a decision. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if Jack Smith is operating under a similar deadline, um, hence the reason we saw... You know, incredible tenacity yesterday where, you know, he's in court in Miami and his people are also in the grand jury in D.C. So that to me suggests he is definitely walking and chewing gum and um, doing his job. 
So yep. I think that's, that's sort of the key thing to look at. And then obviously Judge Cannon is, as we've been talking about, is the, is the wild card. And the one point I just make about to continue on the Hillary point is every time I hear Hillary, I ask myself, why are you not saying the same thing about Mike Pence? So this is the Department yeah. of Justice that dismissed and said we are not going forward on Mike Pence. Thank is you. that weaponization? Um, and then when they're saying she should have been prosecuted, are they saying Mike Pence should have been prosecuted? But the reason they're not doing it with either of them is because there was no intent. There was no obstruction. Right. That's not criminal. Yeah. So every time you hear Hillary, ask yourself, why are they not saying the same thing? About and, Mike and again, to end where we began, they talked about possibly indicting Hillary in the Trump administration as special counsel. Time and time again, they came back and said no. No case. No, can't do it. No, nothing there. And so, again, it's just, it's just, yeah. Is this, this, table, this table is awesome because it's like, it's so, like there's so much logic and so 